When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. It's hour number two of 630 Chet Inside Sports for this Thursday evening. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. And for the next uh, five shows, I guess four shows, if we include this one, it's five shows. Uh, Reed will be back on the air next Thursday uh, when the Oilers will just be finishing up their bye week. They're in the all-star break right now, the bye week as well. And uh, they will next play on February 2nd in Philadelphia. Afternoon game, 9.30 is the pregame show. Face-off show, 11 o'clock is the drop of the puck in Philly. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl representing the Oilers this weekend down in San Jose for All-Star Weekend. Skills competition is tomorrow. The game itself, the games itself, that is. Of course, it's three-on-three. All-Star tournament. There you go. You got Pacific against Central, Metro against the Atlantic, and then the two teams will face off in the uh, final. And you can catch it live right here on 630 Chet starting at 6 o'clock. All the festivities down in San Jose. Um, this is the first chance tonight that uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl will have a chance to talk about the firing of Peter Shirelli. So if we do get that before we're off the air here at 8 o'clock, uh, we'll play those for you. If not, we'll play them tomorrow. And I'm sure you'll hear those on Oilers Now tomorrow with Bob Stoffer as well from noon until 2. So yeah, pretty quiet night. There's four NBA, NBA games tonight. Just so I can read a scoreboard, I just will. Uh, <laughs> Washington Wizards uh, playing the Golden State Warriors. Warriors up uh, 67-59 at the half. And uh, the OKC Thunder are uh, playing New Orleans, and they're up 65-53. Well, the last time we heard this fellow, uh, we put him to work. Great Cup week. The Eskimos were, were not in it, unfortunately. Not a great season, Unfortunately. We put this fellow to work. Hey, as fans, it's AJ here, live on location. We're going to try to find each team's colors and try to get a prediction for this Sunday's game. Stay tuned. Follow us. I just want to get a prediction for you for the for the game on Sunday. Well, being a diehard Edmonton fan, I have to cheer for Ottawa. It's like anybody but Calgary. If you guys can't be in it, ABC I cheer for anybody but Calgary. Awesome. And today... Natea J signs a two-year contract extension with the Edmonton Eskimos. He joins us now. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> Doing great, man. <laughs> that little clip brought brought back flashbacks of uh, such a great time, man. I miss Edmonton right now. <laughs> yeah, tell me, tell me what that week was like for you. I know you got in what on Thursday, I believe, and then we yeah. really put you to work. But yeah, tell me what that was like uh, just to be at the festival. And I know Morley and I put you to work, especially Morley. He put you to work a lot. <laughs> It was really cool. Like it was my my first time being a part of the Great Cup festivities, and and for 
fun being a part of it as a fan as well. And just to see everything that goes on with it is was really cool. Then to get the media access, I was able to get and interview players that I knew from other teams. Uh, that was that was such a cool part and. Uh, it made me actually love the league a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a couple of impressions that I have. No, well, first before I before I tell what what I remember the most with, with you helping us that week and in, in, in a couple of moments, um, what was your favorite part of the week? Did you have one moment that was that really stood out for you? Um, yeah, I mean, it all was super fun just interacting with uh, a lot of the Edmonton uh, Eskimo fans. Uh, that were, you know, still coming out even though we weren't in the Great Cup. That was so cool to see the the support they're still showing our team and telling us, you know, I know we know you guys got it next year. You know, that that actually made me feel really good and and you know, positive going into the offseason. So, you know, just interacting with the fans was probably the coolest part for me. And the second uh, coolest part would be, you know, talking to my well, my one of my childhood friends, Juwan, and seeing him win the Great Cup. Even though I don't like Calgary, seeing him. Personally, when a great cup was pretty cool for me. You know, I remember the look on your face when the Calgary Stampeders were celebrating the Grey Cup um, in the uh, south end zone. So it's just right outside your dressing room uh, on the stage there. And the look on your face was just utter disbelief. Uh, disgust. And dis- yeah, disgust, exactly. And, disgust. and I remember yeah. the day before because we walked by your room, the dressing room, yeah. and it was all red and white. We didn't go in, in, but we saw enough. And by the yeah. way, Eric Rogers had your stall, I believe, right? Right. Yeah. But that, uh, look, yeah, that well, look on your face was quite, uh, was quite telling. Yeah. And I'll never forget it either. Like the them celebrating on our field in Edmonton and, you know, just having a grand old time on our field was just disgusting, like you said. And, you know, I really, I really didn't have fun that, that night. And, uh, and it's not a, it's a feeling that I'll probably remember and it's been feeling my offseason workout. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be back so that we can, uh, you know, get to work on avenging that and doing it in Calgary. Yeah, no, no doubt. And the other memory I have that w- I thought was hilarious is you got arrested by the Grey Cup Fun Police. <laughs> yeah, they, they tweeted me today. <laughs> oh, man, they're just such a fun group of guys. But, yeah, that, getting arrested was you know, the first time in my life getting arrested and uh, hopefully the last. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it will be, my man. So <laughs> we're joined by Natea J, Eskimo, Edmonton Eskimos receiver here on 630 Chet Inside Sports. Natea signs a two-year contract extension taking him through the uh, 2020 CFL season. Uh, congrats on the deal. I guess just talk about it and and uh, tell me uh, just uh, about the deal and, and coming back to the green and gold. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited. Um, it's really the only place I want to be uh, and, um, you know, it's, 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 it's super exciting knowing that you know, I'll be under contract for another two years and, and I'll continue the momentum I've built up. You know, I came in uh, 2016, and you know, on that in that year, it was kind of on and off the you know, practice roster, and not really knowing what my role was. But then, you know, towards the end of the season, we started contributing a little bit on special teams, and in 17, you know, was a main contributor on special teams, and you know, that I kind of found my role then. And then in 18, uh, got a chance on offense, and you know, just you know, I seemed like every year just continuing the momentum and you know, continuing to build and. You know that that's something that I want to you know kind of continue and you know the coaches you know showed a lot of faith in me and and uh, gave me opportunities so I just want to kind of continue that and and not kind of throw that out the wayside you know what I mean just continue the momentum that we were building up and um, you know kind of get back to the Edmonton community as well they've, they've shown me a lot of love in, in the last few years and 
you know, just kind of repay them a little bit and you know, show, show a commitment to Edmonton. Well, you had a career year last year. You had a 22 passes for 193 yards, 80% catch rate, by the way. Um, and you oh. scored one touchdown, but, man, it was a highlight reel touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 you know, if you're going to score one, make it like that, I guess, right? <laughs> but, no, it was a lot of fun. You know, Mike, Mike put it out there like a perfect ball. Mike put it out there, and, you know, I was definitely able, I was able to make a play and um, keep it, the feet down in, in short, such short quarters there. Um, and uh, you know, coming with that, and you know, I I knew how to make a play because if I hadn't, I I, I don't I feel like Mike would have been really upset and probably never came back to me the rest of the year. So, <laughs> no, that was cool. Uh, you, and you talked about your special teams prowess, and, and it really came to uh, fruition in 2017. You had 15 special teams tackles. You had 13 last year, so that's 28 in the last two years. That's uh, yeah. that's pretty impressive. Uh, but when you look at this team now, and there's a lot of uncertainty with the team, and even Brock's when the general manager will say, "Yeah, my roster is in flux right now. Um, the rece- the receiving core is kind of thin right now, but I mean, I'm talking on January 24th. It's going to be it's going to be stock stock full by the time training camp comes around in in May. But you know, you don't know who the quarterback is yet. Uh, by the way, you text right. Mike a lot these days, or what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm texting everyone. I'm getting my wife to text his wife, and you know, trying to figure out where his head's at. But you know, that's that's definitely a number one priority for everyone, you know, trying to get a feel. But, you know, right now, uh, I hope he comes back. Everyone yeah. hopes he comes back. We're just crossing our fingers and hoping for the best. Yeah, no no doubt. Uh, but this has to be a season where you got to feel like, man, this is a, a big-time opportunity for yourself to uh, show the coaching staff you can take on a, a bigger role. Absolutely. And, you know, honestly, that was one of the, probably one of the biggest reasons why I uh, decided to sign back because, you know, talking to Coach Moss at the end of the year, you know, he kind of outlined, told me the things I did well and, um, you know, kind of trying to expand on that. And that, that was that was very important to me, you know, growing as a player. Um, you know, in 2016, I knew I had to play special teams to stay on the roster. So that's kind of what I had to do. But, you know, every player's dream is to, if you're an offensive player, you know, you want to play play offense and do what you love to do, you know what I mean? So, you know, obviously playing offense is, you know, definitely a love of mine and catching passes and trying to score is, is what I've always wanted to do. And, you know, getting a bigger opportunity to do that this year is uh, the main reason why I came back and, you know, can just continue the momentum, like I said. Uh, yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, the – the fans at Edmonton is, is, is huge for me. A lot of love, people are showing me love today, and you know we're showing me love during the season, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, no doubt that has to be great, and uh, we know that you're loved a lot by the community of Edmonton and, and Eskimo fans. As Natea J joins us, Eskimos receiver here on 6:30 Chit Inside Sports. Natea today signing a two-year contract extension that will take him to through the end of the 2020 CFL season. So you know, just one more about the roster, and um, yeah. you know, and we're happy for guys like Bryant Mitchell and Duke. Williams and oh yeah, you know going down the NFL and but you know you know and there's been some changes on defense. I mean J.C. Sherritt retiring was uh, you know and good for him that he's comfortable with this and he's so so much at peace with this. But uh, as a player on a roster right now that you don't really know what it's going to look like compared to the last couple yeah. of seasons, how do you handle that? It's tough because you know what I was following along just uh, as a fan and. 
looking at, you know, I think Marshall Ferguson was tweeting, like, the list of guys that have re-signed with their teams. And, and at the time I was looking at it, we had nobody signed. And, uh-huh. you know, I'm sitting uh-huh. back, I'm like, what's going to happen? I'm, I'm thinking, like, wow, it's really, what's going on? And I'm thinking about, like, a, with, like a fan's perspective and just wondering, like, was this team going to be terrible? Is it going to be good? Like, just in flux, like you said. And, you know, honestly, I, I've talked to a lot of my friends uh, throughout the league, and a lot of the guys, you know, they like what is going on in Edmonton. They like the coaches. They like, you know, our management. They like our facilities. They like, you know, the, the community in Edmonton and how the fans treat the players. And a lot of my friends throughout the league think very highly in Edmonton. And, you know, the guys that are free agents right now, and I've had uh, quite a few, they have Edmonton on, on top of their list. So we'll see how it shakes down. But I know, I know we're going to get uh, some guys just, guys just off of who I've been talking to. I know guys, you know, think highly of Edmonton and, you know, it's, when it's all said and done, I think we're, I think we're going to have a great team, uh, to be honest with you. So I'm not too worried about that. Um, right now it looks, you know, if I'm looking at it from a fan's perspective, it doesn't look great, but I, yeah. I have a great feeling that Rock's going to do his thing and, you know, from the guys I've talked to, that it's going to be a good roster at the end of the day. Yeah. I'm going to bring up three words that make, people cringe and it might make yourself cringe cba and it expires and you know just before training camp and so you've signed we've seen other high profile players sign um and i'm you know i think it's just because you're you're comfortable with your deal and you're comfortable with the money you're comfortable with term you're comfortable with your team that sort of thing but is this been a different kind of off season you think just because of that cba um the cba looming yeah definitely because um, you know, you see guys like like Mike Riley. They're waiting for the CBA to get ratified and 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 to see where where they stand in, in that respect. But when a guy like that uh, is waiting, then you know they got guys behind him like Trevor Harris and uh, maybe Bo Levi who are thinking like, oh, let me let me wait and see what Mike gets and, yeah. and see where I stand. So he they're holding up the market, and then you know less known guys like uh, Brandon Bridge or. Or Jennings, uh, I mean, they're not lesser known, but they're under, uh, below them in the pecking order. They they have to wait too because teams don't want to commit. So you know, it's a lot of waiting around because you know the guy at the top, at the head of the snake is waiting, right? So um, it's a lot of waiting around for a lot of guys. I know I talked to a couple of receivers that you know they they don't know where they want to sign because a team is saying we don't know where, uh, who we're getting that quarterback, so we don't know how much we can give you. So you know, it's causing a, a downward spiral, and everybody's just you know, kind of waiting around to see what's going to happen. But, um, you know, it's and a lot of guys are in limbo right now, too. So it's it's it's, it's a, quite a different offseason, uh, to put it bluntly. It is very different. Like, I haven't really seen it like this before. But yeah. um, I, I'm sure I'm sure uh, in due time things will get ratified and, you know, the season's going to happen no, no matter what. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, you know, people ask me work stoppage. I go, I, I doubt it. But it's gonna yeah. be, it's gonna be tense to get to that moment when the CBA is ratified. Yeah, it's gonna go down to the wire. I predict, uh, but it is, it is gonna be very tense um, to get to that point for All sure. Right. One more quick one for you, Nate. Um, how about my Patriots, eh? Oh, you know what? I was if you didn't bring it up, I was gonna bring it up, and I've been watching every game, thinking, man, how happy is Dave right now? But why do they have to make every game close? Like, it's, I mean, we know they're gonna win, but why do they have to make it close? Because their defense stinks. That's why. Oh, uh, man! But honestly, I think you know this is the Rams is the kind of team I think will give them problems, like a good D line, like like Philly last year and uh, the Giants, right? A good yeah. D line, good DBs, and you know. You know they can do the definitely hold their own offense, but this is the kind of team that we say gives them problems, right? And 
And then yep. Washington just win it, though. <laughs> and I, I think the Rams' defense is, uh, I think, a step up than the, than the Chiefs uh, compared to the Chiefs. Uh, oh, so. they got some blue chippers now, yeah. Yeah, so. They got some blue chippers, so, yeah. It's going to be interesting. I, I'm very excited for that game because I want to see what they do um, against that defense because historically that's what gives them problems. So. Yeah. They, and they know that. You know they know that. So Yeah. Absolutely, and I hope it doesn't go to overtime because the NFL overtime will sting. <laughs> well, the way it's been going, it probably will. It'll be double overtime. <laughs> I shouldn't complain because, I mean, the last two times the Patriots have been in overtime, they haven't allowed the other team to come on the field because it's are right. down. So, anyway. It's corn toss, man. They always call heads. <laughs> Did you hear that story? No. Is that they right? They always call heads because uh, – he says Jesus Christ is the head of his life, so he never calls tails. Oh, very good. That's yeah. like, that's like when <laughs> that's like in high school, maybe when you you know, a multiple choice you pick C all the time. Yeah, C. yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually there was a guy you in my high school. There's a guy in my high school in the day and then and, and everyone yeah. out there in, in Chetland there, um, he actually picked C on every exam and, and on on every answer of the exam he got sixty percent. No way. So he proved the theory. <laughs> Wow, the theory works. The theory I works. I knew this when I was in high school. <laughs> there you go. Natay, congrats uh, on the contract. Uh, excited to see you in May, okay? Thank you, man. I'll see you soon. You take care. Natay and Jay, um, I, and I know he loved being the uh, the uh, guest Grey Cup Festival reporter back in November, a couple months ago. But, you know, don't quit Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Day job. Heck of a player, and I think a guy that's going to be in line for an increased role in the offense signing a two-year contract extension today with the Eskimos. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. For Reed Wilkins tonight, it is NHL All-Star Media Night. Saw Connor McDavid speaking just now. Uh, we'll try and get that audio for you, but if not, we'll uh, we'll air it tomorrow night, along with uh, Leon Dreisaitl. Skills competition tomorrow. The game, uh, the games itself, of course. Remember, three-on-three format. Uh, it'll be the Central and Pacific, Metro and the Atlantic, and then winners of those games will face off in the final. And we'll have those games for you starting at 6 o'clock on Saturday night right here on 6.30. Chad, Inside Sports brought to you by Northern Chicken Super Bucket. Ten pieces, ten fingers, large smashed potatoes, gravy, coleslaw, cornbread for 68 bucks. bucks, NorthChickenYeg.com. One more on the All-Star game. This uh, text comes in. When was the last time the Oilers had two players going to the All-Star game? 2001, I believe. Doug Waite and Yanni Ninema. Game in Colorado. I wow. Think. Yeah. So that's, uh, or it might have been, no, I can't, no, I don't think it was Tampa Bay. That was 99. Uh, but yeah, uh, it was Ninema and Doug Waite. I didn't know it was that long. Yeah. It's Crazy. Been, it's been a long time. Next individual, uh, one of the best guys out there. 
Uh, I don't get to talk to him very much because every time I see him, he's usually busy and walking the other way, and I'm busy walking the other way. And um, So I'm at Grey Cup for like, I don't know, I think we talked for like 30 seconds, which is sad, Fryzy. But uh, Rob Fry joins us, a longtime CFL uh, player agent. Uh, and uh, Fryzy, it's nice to talk to you at length, even though it's on the air and everyone can hear us. It's just, it's just nice to speak words to you other than a, than a text or a message. Yeah, this is much better. Been looking forward to this. Thanks for having me on, Dave. How are things going with you, sir? Very well. Very well. Been uh, on the road for a little while, going yeah. to various uh, college all-star games in the U.S., and now just got settled back in Calgary and turning the page and getting all geared up for uh, free agency coming up here. Yeah, no doubt, and you're busy. And We'll, we'll talk about that in a moment, but uh, when I last saw you, it was Grey Cup week here in Edmonton. Uh, how'd you enjoy it? Oh, I had a great time. I loved it. Um, went to as many events as I could. Uh, I thought the award ceremony was very well done. I enjoyed the Grey Cup breakfast and checked out as many pavilions as I could in the evening and also got a lot of a lot of work done as well. It's nice. All the general managers are in one city at a time. So I able to get yeah. preliminary meetings going leading up to free agency as well. So I always love that week. The, there, there's no such thing as pacing yourself at Grey Cup Week, because you just go, right? You just, yeah, <laughs> get there. I think I got there Thursday, and next thing I knew it was Monday, and flew by. So just so people get to know you a little bit, how long have you been a, a player agent? Uh, this is going on my eighth year now. Okay. So I kind of got into it, uh, actually started out in Edmonton. I was working with a professional soccer team there, and started doing some agent work on the side, and sort of grew from there and moved to Calgary three years ago and started um, with Gil Scott Sports Agency about five years ago and it's been a good fit with them and just continuing to to grow the agency and um, working with American players, Canadian players up here and also we do a lot of work down in the NFL and, right. and Gil handles a lot of management clients in the NHL as well. Gil's a good man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a very good man, absolutely. So, as you mentioned, you've been you've been traveling around a lot for college all star games, and um, and now that you're getting ready for free agency here, and you know we've been talking about the CBA a lot this hour uh, uh, with uh, Natea Jay, who uh, signed a two year contract extension, and we've been talking about it. Let's we've been talking about it, it seems like for a whole year. You know, yeah. and you know we go, and I'll ask you about Mike Riley a little bit later. Just, mm-hmm. and if you have any insight, go ahead, tell us. But you probably won't. But uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just being that sleazy media guy, you know, because I, I have to play the role. But you know, yeah. even last year, I remember, you know, okay, Mike Riley is going to sign his extension, and then, okay, he's not going to sign his extension until the CBA. But in general, uh, now that you're preparing for free agency, how much of a different year is this, considering? There is a CBA that's pending to be expired, and or that is going to be expired, and there, there's no talks yet, formal talks, but mm-hmm. um, it's somewhat business as usual. But for your, from your standpoint as a player agent, is this, has this been a different year, and if so, how? Yeah, for sure, it's definitely been the most anticipated year, like you touched on. I mean, there's just been a lot of questions starting at the beginning of last year on what are players looking to do, what's happening with the salary cap. Um, and those questions have just, you know, basically continued to go on until, as we are now, three weeks away from free agency. I think what teams are doing and how it's affected me so far is that we have a lot more clients that haven't re-signed yet. Um, usually, and I should touch on this, usually at the end of December, 
teams will assess how much money they have left on their 2018 cap, for example, mm-hmm. this year, and make sure that they spend all of that money. And so they'll use that money, give players signing bonuses for their next contract, and extend them. And you usually see anywhere from sort of five to 15 players do that with their existing team. Well, that didn't happen this year because teams weren't able to do that. Mm-hmm. So I found that not just myself, but I'm sure many other agents just have, have more pending free agents at this stage in late January than we usually do. Um, but we're starting to see the ball roll now with with current players under current teams that are looking to get extensions, and we're starting to see more of those pop up. I mean, we saw the Big Hill contract, uh, I believe that was announced last week, and there's a lot more that have been happening in the last week or two. And so I feel like now we're sort of getting into more of a business-as-usual uh, pace here. Uh, with the salary cap, that is still an unknown. Mm-hmm. And I think GMs are operating as if it's it's pretty much the same. We're obviously hoping that uh, the PA will strike a, a fair deal and the cap will go up. And with that, we would imagine that the minimum salary will go up as well. How much? We don't know. Um, but if the cap's going to go up X amount and the minimum salary is going to go up X amount, those to a degree can somewhat balance themselves out. Yeah. So with that being said, it is sort of business as usual. And I don't think you're going to see that many players wait. I think free agency on February 12th is going to be the, the day and, and the week where players strike the best fit and the best contract for them and, and make moves. So things are starting to pick up a little bit more than mm-hmm. Yeah, and momentum yeah, is going to sure. build. Yeah. I know some people get a little confused, I think, because, you know, Zach Evans signs a big contract, right? And and Adam mm-hmm. Bighill signs a big contract. And, you know, even you go back to uh, late in the season, Amando Sewell signs a big contract. Mm-hmm. And we've seen, you know, today Natea Jay signs a contract. And, you know, there's there's lots of there, – because there was so much talk about, well, the top players aren't going to sign contracts until there's a CBA. And then all of a mm-hmm. sudden they sign contracts. Yeah. It's – you know, and, and quarterback money is different than, you know, America, starting American middle linebacker money. Um, but at the same time, when you navigate this with your clients, I'm sure you got clients that are comfortable signing and you got clients that are not. Does that make it a little tougher for you just to, you know, the, the ones that want to sign, it's great. But the ones that don't, like, you can't really give them a cap number at this point because you don't know what it is. No, yeah, you're right. We, we just can't, can't try to predict what the cap number is going to look like. Um, you know, another key point about players trying to decide if they should resign or not was that the CFL instituted a rule, and this went back a couple of years ago, that there will be no off-season money paid right. in this off-season. So even the players that you're seeing that are signing, and, and the majority of them do have signing bonuses in their contract, but they're not receiving that signing bonus until the CBA is ratified. And so I think it took a while for that to sort of sink in and for players to wrap their head around the idea that I'm not going to get any money this offseason, no matter what, until the CBA is ratified. And so they've had to budget a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Players who are used to getting money in the offseason have had to budget differently and make other plans. And I think that's affected the, the decision-making as well. I also think that just management has, has been slower to make decisions on who they want to bring back because the, the coaching staff decisions have been a little more delayed this year than in the past. I mean, you're seeing teams that are, you know, for for example, Saskatchewan still needs a head coach. And right. Montreal just announced their D coordinator, and I think there's still some other positions to be filled around the league. And so I, I'm just finding that management staffs and coaching staffs are really just getting together 
as a brass this week to really get to the nitty-gritty on um, some of their own players and wh- where they want to target in free agency as well. So it's just been a slower process all around. Yeah. Rob Fry joins us, uh, CFL player agent here on 630 Chad Inside Sports. When it from the agent point of view, how much input is how much input do you have with the league and um, with and I, I know you have a lot of input with the with the players association, but um, is there an audience with the board of governors at all for an agent, or is this kind of done informally? Uh, it, it's more so done informally, yeah. and as you touched on, very much so through the PA. Uh, Brian Ramsey and Jeff Keeping that are heading the negotiations for the PA have been very inclusive with us as agents, um, asking for our feedback and uh, just knowing that we're on the lines for the majority of the time. They've they've really included us in preparing for their negotiations, and of course they've included the players as well. I just feel like they've done a good job uh, of getting organized going into this and, and listening to everybody involved. And so we're we're pretty optimistic that they'll strike a, right. a very fair deal uh, going into this thing. So the fact that the two sides haven't got together yet and don't seem too concerned that they haven't got together yet, are you kind of on the on the on the 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 uh, the side of hey, it's when they're ready, they'll talk. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that I don't think it will have to take that long yeah. once they get going. I just know they're they're obviously it's been no shortage of preparation. I can speak for the PA. I know they're very well prepared and they're ready to engage. And I think once it gets going, um, it should it should go well. I think Randy Ambrosi. I don't know him personally, but I think I've seen him with him and as a former player. I, I think he's a pretty fair man and wants what's best for the league. And obviously, the, the players are, are such a huge part of what goes on in the CFL. So yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic. Yeah, I want to ask you about Mike Riley's situation. Just from your point as a neutral observer of this you don't represent mike uh, but you understand about dealing with high profile players uh brock sunderland has made offers uh but he's at he, his position is he's forced to wait because mike is going to take all the time in the world uh and the time that when i say that i don't mean that to be crass but mike has earned this opportunity to be a, a free agent and to weigh his options and the cba comes into this and yeah. you hear brock sunderland his he says well i have money set aside for him and I have a budget that doesn't include him, but one that does. Uh, from your standpoint, how contentious is this for both the team and for the player here? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll start with the team. I um, I totally understand why Brock would need to set aside, I guess, two different cap plans. Um, obviously, it's in the best interest for the Eskimo club if they know what Mike's going to do by February 12th because by February 12th, the market opens up and with Mike Riley or not, you have to go put pieces around whoever's going to be playing quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, and that's going to be tricky to not know how much money you have in your cap to spend to go out and get these players that you want to surround your quarterback with. And, and also obviously put key pieces on defense as well. So that's, I'm sure that's tricky for, for Brock to navigate. There's only so much he can do though, because like you said, I mean, Mike Riley is in a position, um, a very rare position where he has ultimate leverage across the league. Anybody would be uh, ecstatic to have him play quarterback. So he doesn't have to make a decision by February 12th. The money's going to be there for him, I, I believe, uh, whether he makes a decision before February 12th or right around it, or, or if he waits a little while to see what gets built around each team. So um, that's tricky for Brock. 
Mike Riley's team standpoint, I would just say there's so many factors, I'm sure, that, that they're considering him and his team. And I know he has a good agent that does great work around the league, and I know that they would be looking at all the different variables from uh, provincial tax to the way that the contract is structured to relationship with head coach, relationship with management, uh, the community, mm-hmm. uh, the, the offense around him, the O-coordinator, the quarterback's coach, uh, where where his family's living. And it, there's just so many elements I can only imagine that he needs a lot of time to, to process this, and it's a, probably the biggest decision of his career up to this point, so I'm sure a lot goes into it. Um, so it's a pretty unique situation in the CFL here. Yeah, no question. And I mean, hey, Brock Sunderland has the biggest chip in free agency, and that's yep. that's not easy to deal with. And uh, and Mike is such a measured guy and, and such a well thought out individual that he's gonna he's gonna take all the time in his uh, all the mm-hmm. time he needs to take to make the right decision, and he won't make a bad one. So uh, no, you know, I and, agree. Yeah, you got it, Rob. It was great to talk to you about this uh, from uh, the CBA uh, the CBA uh, negotiations coming up and just the CBA climate right now from your perspective as an agent so uh thanks again and we will keep in touch okay my friend sounds good thanks for having me on appreciate it all right frizy rob fry longtime cfl player agent uh and uh, for eight years and he's seen a lot he you know and for mike riley the mike riley situation is very contentious and this is not a great time of the year for Eskimo fans, and james has texted in and said i'm afraid riley is going to reunite with ed hervey and go with the lions yeah, and, th- and that's fair. That's fair. You should have that concern. I think Edmonton has a great chance, a, a, a good chance. They're in, the, they're, in, they're in this, and they have a good chance, I think. Maybe not great, but good. They're competitive in this. Brock Sunderland has done, I think, a lot here and has done everything in his power to show Mike Riley that they're committed to him. The CBA doesn't help at all because... It basically took all the negotiating lead-up time away because Mike Riley is tied to the CBA. Like a few few players are, there's not many, but Mike Riley is one of them, and it makes it very, very difficult. But I'm going to tell you, this team will have this team will be put together somehow, some way, and they will have a team for training camp. They will have a team for the regular season. How it looks is this is the most. This team has has so many unknowns right now. I've never seen it like this. But that goes for a lot of teams right now. Stampeders are included, by the way. 7.50, we'll wrap up the show, and we'll talk about Kellen's great adventure coming up here on the weekend. Oh, we will. You're listening to 6.30 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Dave Campbell in the host chair for Reed Wilkins, Kellen Kennedy for the final night for about, what, a week for you. Now, was that 2011? That was 2010. 2010. When uh, Edge came back early from an injury. Gotcha. 
and won the Rumble and faced Chris Jericho at WrestleMania 26, right? Six, yeah. In and, Phoenix. And lost. That's right. That's right. And you're going to Phoenix for the Royal Rumble That's this right. Leaving tomorrow afternoon for a, uh, a, a four- or five-day uh, pilgrimage to the Valley of the Sun to check out some live wrestling. It's a great place to hold a WWE event. I was there in 2013, but they held it at uh, the basketball arena. Talking it, stick arena, yeah. This is a chase, man. Chase, chase field. field. Yeah. That's going to be fun. First time they've ever ran uh, a ballpark for the Royal Rumble. As far as I, I I can remember, actually, I think the first time they've promoted a big show at a ballpark since yeah. uh, Safeco in 2003 for WrestleMania. Yeah, it. I think you're going to have a great time. Mm. So, I uh, <laughs> I wish you lots of fun. Um, rub shoulders with a lot of your favorite wrestlers. And Absolutely, lo- lots of great people. You meet a lot of great people. Who's your pick to click? Who do you got for both Rumble matches? There's two of them. There's a the men's and a women's Rumble. Um, I'll probably go. Oh boy, a tough one, right? I got nothing. Like I'm gonna go Seth Rollins. Okay. For men, women, I I have no idea. You know, a crazy scenario I heard of, mm. and I'm sorry we're talking wrestling, um, is that somehow Rousey would get Ronda Rousey would get uh, hosed out of the of the Raw Women's Title and okay. then and then enter the Rumble and win, and then hmm. face. Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Because, see, I've got Braun Strowman winning the men's Rumble. Okay, yeah. And then I've got Charlotte Flair winning the women's Rumble. Okay, yeah. So those are my picks for uh, this weekend. But, hey, plausible could happen, right? Yeah. Well, have fun. Excellent, for sure. And if you can indulge me just for 30 seconds here, I promised this earlier. Uh, Last year we had uh, Reed Wilkins. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Bob Brown during one of the pregames talk about the 1989 All-Star Game, and uh, this was one of the more memorable clips from that conversation. Yeah, I don't remember that interview at all. Well, I do. I remember the game. I, I mean, I mean, if I go through highlights in my in my uh, hockey career, playing in an NHL star game in my hometown was pretty cool. And I did have a lot of family, did have a lot of friends. It's funny the post-game party was held at. Now at that point, I think it was called Fantasyland, but Galaxyland at West Edmonton Mall. So all the rides were there. They had bars, bars set up. There was music. Katie Lang did a concert. So it was pretty cool. All my buddies and, and, and friends. And, and all my, my family that were around came and were part of it with me. That, that's when Peter Pocklington had a, hosted a luncheon. My mom and dad got to go to Peter Puck's house for lunch oh, one day. Nice. Awesome. Great story. Uh, Rob Brown, tell you. And if you don't Can't think the play, All-Star man. Game means anything to these guys, it means a lot to these guys being named. It's important to them. Yeah, it is. And the three-on-three format has been a hit. And I know it's a little gimmicky, but... We don't want to go back to whatever that was before. North America versus the world. Uh, no, we're we're good. We're good. Kellen, have a great trip. Thanks, Dave. Take it easy. Have fun. Inside Sports tomorrow night, we will talk about the All-Star Game. Also, haven't touched on this yet. The Baseball Hall of Fame inductions uh, or elections happen. We'll talk about that with Mike Johnson, former Major League Baseball player, uh, pitcher, also from Edmonton, uh, the 630 MVP. Campbell in for Wilkins. Talk to you tomorrow. Good night.
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.